Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Hello, everyone. This is FIA Goes PC. It's episode 108, 108. But it's actually the first episode we've done from our brand new, brand spanking new podcast studio. Yeah. The Outhouse, which was once, is now an actual legitimate studio. Can't call it an outhouse anymore. It's more like, um, I don't know, this secret bunker interrogation room, as my cousin Will would call it. Not actually underground. It's an overground bunker. I don't know if that exists, uh, but it does now. So here we are. This is it. It feels incredible. It feels kind of different because we're used to having like the power mics clipped or holding some kind of microphone or something like this. So this is kind of, I want to say daunting because it isn't, but it's new. So bear with us. We're just going to get adjusted to all of this. But how are you all? I am your host as always, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hale. And with me, is our long-suffering producer, Winifred, say hello. Hello. Um, do you like a studio? Yeah, it's pretty oxymoronic. An overground bunker. <laughs> oh, sorry, you used big words and I switched off. <laughs> you know how you get those red buttons where you mute yourself? Yeah. We don't have one, but I did it in my head. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, you said a big word. Well done. Uh, how's how's your last two weeks been? Um, it's okay. It's been pretty hectic just, you know, getting things together, but this is pretty cool. Well, it is cool. That's why we've got a heater <laughs> on. It's very cool, in it's fact. It's cool outside. Uh, we've had to heat this place up to, uh, well, you got to start as you mean to go on. Mm. And uh, everyone comes here for hot topics, not cold <laughs> topics. Um, anyway... Bunkers tend to be cold, though. They're very cold. To be fair. You know, no one talks about that in a manual. I'm sure they have them. We didn't get one. But um, when you have a bunker, as many of you fortunate enough to uh, have a place to go in case of a nuclear war like us. Or a zombie attack. What? <laughs> bunkers can be useful in the zombie apocalypses, right? Dunno. <laughs> Never been through one myself. Um, it's in... I mean, yeah, maybe. Okay. I haven't read World War Z. I think if any book or zombie fiction, because it isn't fact, let's be honest, but if there was ever one to be written that would feature that, it would be World War Z, I'm sure. I just know GTA. And uh, they haven't done the zombie apocalypse in the bunker, even though I have one on GTA. It's very cool. Okay. Uh, and I have one in life now, which mm. is also cool. Um you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a very sophisticated panic room. Yeah, <laughs> is what this is. Um, yeah, and considering this room is completely painted green, it's very soothing as well. If yeah. it is a panic room. Well, here's the thing. You know how people think a panic room is where you go in case of an emergency. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a room you go and freak out and <laughs> totally lose your mind, isn't it? <laughs> It's like, hold on, uh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go out for a second. You run into the room and start panicking. Yeah. And then you come out into the world again. I'm pretty sure it's that. That's my take on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the studio's finally here. 
uh, it's been literally the plight of our year, really, getting us ready. It's taken a while, yeah. Yeah. But it just shows everyone at home we are serious. I mean, there's a lot of people, and thanks for everyone who's listened since the start, and we've had different qualities of audio along (laughs) the way. Sometimes it's been difficult uh, for us, and I think especially on the road. Yeah, and I think podcast aficionados out there are like, well, you know, the audio is not that great and stuff. Well, it will be now. Hopefully, we'll get used to all of this setup, and hopefully, uh, we'll we'll satisfy those aficionados. That's a big word. I might have to lie down. <laughs> um, but speaking of zombies, we just watched Double Tap Zombie Land Two mm. recently. What was your thoughts? Um. I liked it, and I was actually quite surprised that it's been eight years since the first one. It doesn't feel that, like that. It's been a couple of years since the second one now. Yeah. We just got to see it's recently uh, been thrown onto uh, Netflix, so we, we got to see it. Mm-hmm. We'd sort of put it off. I think it was on the cinema, and we just kind of were like, didn't have time to see yeah. it or whatever. Yeah, I think it was one of those films where you're like, I'd like to watch it, but I don't have to watch it, you know? It was an interesting one. I think... It needs a third to close it off. Yeah. And hope we don't have to wait another eight years though. <laughs> well, I think I think the thing about Zombieland is the thing that's most creative and clever about it, especially if there is a third, is how to utilize Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. That's what it's become, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was uh, that was something we saw. Interesting stuff. I uh, I didn't yell at the screen too much for stupid decision making, which is usually what I do at zombie films because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad decisions made in them. Uh, not saying any specifics, Walking Dead, uh, <laughs> which I gave <laughs> up on after the sixth series because it just became proper stupid, Yeah, in my opinion. Well, certain um, things you would have hoped they'd learn by now not to do this or just, to do that. <laughs> to me, it was just the, 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 the death scenes were dragged and yeah, dragged and dragged it and it became, it just became a psychological analysis of a dying person and it got too much for me. I couldn't keep watching it because you kind of feel like if central characters in that situation, they're going to learn very quickly that they have to act quickly, mm. not loom, you know? Yeah. It's just a recipe for disaster. And I, I appreciate you're probably trying to um, send the cast member off in a good light to kind of give them their, I wouldn't say Oscar-winning moment, but it's that spotlight, you sure, know? Sure, yeah, yeah. But I think it was not the genre that you do that with, mm. honestly. Um, but anyway... We gave up on that, so mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Other things we watched recently. Um, I personally watched, um, there's an animation that's huge, an anime from Japan called Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I finally got to watch the movie of that, um, which I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was very well done. Mm. That's a series that surprises you. I also played a video game of it that came out recently too, and it's very good. Yeah, the artwork is beautiful. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> when I'm playing a game, I'm thinking that. <laughs> I'm not thinking like Carnage and Brutal slashing with swords. is. Uh, that's just fun. That's a weekend thing to do. Uh, but that's a pretty cool game. Pretty much uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm, which you saw featured. Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, you saw featured in FI Goes PC in the mm-hmm. first, first series. You see clips of it in the technology episode. See, I'm just promoting my stuff. The Demon Slayer thing is basically that repackaged. Yeah. But that's a lot of fun regardless. Um, but it's not really a new game experience. A lot of 
new game experience isn't happening on a PlayStation 5 because there's delays and no one's got one yet. Yeah, no one's got one yet. So uh, that's so, annoying. Yeah. But there you go. And the other things I've watched, I think we've watched or are watching, is a really cool show on Netflix. Again, Japanese anime, but I think no one really knows about it. And that's The Great Pretender. And I think it's a very good feel-good romp. Yeah. Is what I'd say. <laughs> um, in my movie critic voice, a feel-good romp. Okay. Um, it's it's different to what you usually see in anime. But mm. it's it's very cool. It's kind of an all-family thing. I think there's a bit for everyone in it. Um, but that's a cool discovery that we've had. And I've forced you to start watching The Staircase. Which is literally just, uh, you know, how we get up the stairs. The staircase. I just said, you watch the staircase and just keep watching it. And oh, uh, there's yeah. actually a show on Netflix that I'm watching whilst you're watching the actual stairs. Oh. Um, and that's an interesting one. It's uh, kind of uh, very in akin to Making a Murderer, which I really enjoyed as a documentary series. Mm. But we haven't really got far into it yet. So we're halfway through. And we finally finished... A couple of podcasts ago, we mentioned this. We finally finished Squid Game. Yeah. To learn that there's still no... No. Squid. <laughs> no squid. At the end of the game. <laughs> and one thing we observed is there's a lot of almost I exactly identical scenes from a Japanese, both live action and anime show called Kaiji. Kaiji. Um, and it's literally... <laughs> a carbon copy uh, yeah on the one hand um you could say copy and on the other hand you could say um homage question mark i don't speak french so <laughs> i just cut off uh, i'm pretty sure you said did it better didn't you personally. just say didn't you say cheese in french then no that's fromage yeah that's what you said i I'm said sure homage what never mind no, that's orange or something i'm sure that, no well, orange is called no it's Orange, like duck a l'orange. Oh, is that when I throw an orange at you? And they give you a warning before they do it. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. That's, that's how I... I didn't do well in French, mm. obviously. Um, in fact, when I did my French exam, I spoke Spanish. Well done. I know. <laughs> I still passed it. I'm not sure what... I think they were impressed that I spoke a different language. <laughs> but um, yeah, I speak more Spanish than French. So, Naraha. same to you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Stop talking oranges. Squid Game. Yes. Back to that. It's Korean, everyone. It if is. If you Korean. haven't seen it, a lot of people have. It's, I mean, it's not bad. Mm. The ending kind of said they're really going to do or they should do a sequel mm -hmm. at some point. Kind of felt open ended. Um, I, I'm just not sure about it. I, um, I enjoyed it, I suppose. Yeah. I, I one thing I will say, because I know what I'm I'm doing my best. I, I have this kind of anti-spoiler alert in my head, but one thing I will say is the budget kind of goes to the set construction, but it doesn't go to the content of the games they play. Yeah. Whereas usually in Japan it's reverse. So you get like these really elaborate and very thought out strategy games or whatever. Mm. And then the set just kind of makes that possible yeah but in in squid game it, it was like simplicity with these insanely elaborate places mm -hmm. 
But, um, you know, I'd recommend it. I think where my recommendation lies here is if you haven't seen the genre of sort of an escape room genre, mm. um, we set it up because it's it's a difficult genre to explain, but it's basically you find yourself in a situation you can't get out of and it's a competition. It's like last person standing wins a ton of money, but it's all life and death yeah. kind of a deal. And so if you haven't seen anything like it, I suppose it's really cool because mm-hmm. you haven't seen anything like it. But again, if you're kind of a student of cinema and you've seen a lot of this stuff coming out of Japan, I still think Japan's the best nation that puts this stuff out. Can I throw out a couple of recommendations? Um, well, sure. <laughs> if you like the kind of um, the threat of death, competition element kaiji and akagi do it really well and also if you like the game element like game theory and you know what would people do in this that the other there's another uh series japanese as well called liar game which i think is amazing well you also on netflix got alice in borderland which Mm. is very close to this kind of stuff but there's a lot of anime shows darwin's game is on netflix oh darwin's game is great which i think is a lot better um anime tend to do it better because obviously there's a lot more you can do when you don't no have to pay for it essentially <laughs> but also i would also say never watch this stuff dubbed in english mm. because you'll miss some of the poetry of it but if you can't handle subtitles why are you watching squid game so there's <laughs> that so there mm. you go um but the other thing i was going to say is the the probably the alpha wasn't actually from japan or korea or asia it was probably the cube which i think Uh, is an australian it is an australian film yeah so if you can dig that up that's very disturbing though Uh, disclaimer on that but that's the kind of thing this stuff is Mm. uh disturbing mostly um (laughs) still the jury's out on hunger games i'm not sure what well um i wasn't really a Mm. massive fan of the films i enjoyed the books Never read the books. Yeah. Never listened to them either. Some of them, were, they taught to you, they're audio books. I don't think I've actually watched the last two films, but I really enjoyed the books. I <laughs> I watched, because I watched the first one probably close to when it came out. I didn't see it at the cinema, but it was when it was released or whatever mm. on satellite TV, because that's a while back. And I wasn't convinced by it. To me, it just looked, again, like an imitation of everything we've mentioned, pretty much. Um, But then you kind of dig deep and you sort of stick with it. Mm. And it's worth watching as a whole thing. The films are pretty good. Um, But yeah, I kind of... It's it's similar to Harry Potter, in a sense. Like, the last kind of two sort of fade together and because it's like one that they broke in half. Yeah, part one, part two. And um, for me, I just lose sight of the... The whole thing just falls apart then mm. because you have to classically wait between releases and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if you watch the whole thing like a binge watch, I'm sure it's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, 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 Like I said, I think Japan does it a lot, lot better. It's kind of like um, sort of seeing something like Death Note, mm. which is probably one of the most unique stories ever written. And if you watch, there's a Japanese live action film. And it's in two parts with a third. And it does its own thing. It kind of goes off script a bit and does its own universe rendition of, 
which is kind of rare for Japan because it's usually just a cosplay version of an anime show or something. But this one just goes in its own world. And I preferred that mm. over the, even the anime, um, which mm. a lot of people might find controversial. But I saw it first and we saw it in America, actually. I think we found the DVDs in Chinatown of all places and watched it. But it was so different and unique that it sort of blows your mind. And then years later, roll the clock forwards, Netflix does its own Western version of it. Yeah. And that just isn't good. No. Period. <laughs> so all of the nuances, all the clever stuff they did, it's just not there, you know? And I think some little things are lost in translation, cultural translation as well. Like, it just didn't work. Well, as an, as an American idea, um, it was a good attempt, mm. I think. But it, it's, I think what's missing in stuff like that is the Japanese root, even in the anime, it comes from Shinto. There's, there's a whole belief structure and uh, faith structure to it. It crosses into other beliefs and thoughts as well. Yeah. But the construct of Shinigami and stuff like that, if you do that in the West, which literally translates as death god, sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> but if you did that in the West, it kind of doesn't sell itself. Because we don't have all of these. I mean, the closest thing you beliefs. have, like, uh, is the Grim Reaper, like the character. Yeah, of. but there's there's twenty seven of them. Yeah. In the idea, which of we don't have in Western culture. Yeah, so it's it the, the poetry is lost mm. even before you start. It's kind of like years ago they did Dragon Ball, and they did it with uh, Justin Chatwell, I think his name is, and also Chaim Fat. And if I got your surname wrong, Justin, I really apologize. But that was interesting because that was a, kind of a reinterpretation of everything. And it did work to me. It felt strong, actually. But the, you get the source material in the anime and the, the, the manga. And it's really hard to do a Dragon Ball film mm. anywhere but Japan. Mm. But this is a time where people weren't like oh, well, Goku should have been Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's funny how people skip over that. Mm. Like, more recently, you had Ghost in the Shell, which had lots of controversy yeah. over um, Scarlett Johansson's character. As but a I, robot. Yeah, but I always think that that's unfair because if you actually see the source material of Ghost in the Shell, it's non-specific. She's a robot. Mm. So it doesn't matter if she's... She could be anyone, really. It's not... No one claims her. She's yeah. just a robot. Some of the characters are actually meant to be multi-ethnic. Mm. So I th I I didn't dislike Ghost in the Shell as a film. I just I'm not a massive fan of the story anyway. To me, it feels um full of holes and not very articulate and well thought out. It just felt rushed. I think it's kind of like um the equivalent of you know how certain films are basically just to showcase stunts. Yeah. And I haven't really got a story. So mm -hmm. you'll have this film where the story is really like what's you don't really care what's going on. <laughs> and most of it's just a car chase, you know, and, and they're flipping the cars. Scene. There's loads of exploits. <laughs> like anything Michael Bay has done, basically. Um, <laughs> this kind of thing where it's just like, let's um, blow everything up in most of the scenes in this thing. Um, to me, Ghost in the Shell was kind of like that. Mm. Like it was so, I, I'm pretty sure there is a base story, but it just didn't hold my attention the, the original film this is because i remember when it came out as a original anime film um it actually premiered here in birmingham uh the uk premiere happened here 
when we had a place was called the Arcadian. It's still there, but there was this huge cinema there. Mm. And you saw this enormous billboard for Ghost in the Shell, which was rare. You never saw anything like that in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, but over the years, I've just thought it's one of these ones that I think it's got so much fanfare about it, but I just don't see the point of it. I wasn't a huge fan. It's kind of like Akira. That was one that came slightly before it. And it's a mess of a film. They were for years trying to make it with DiCaprio, like a US live action Akira film. Mm. And Leo DiCaprio was trying to produce it. And then you also had Keanu Reeves trying to make Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, Bebop I heard about. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I find if anything could be done, it would be Cowboy Bebop. I think that would be an amazing film to see mm-hmm. turned into a live action trilogy or something. But I can't see Akira. I just, I, if, if anyone in Hollywood can write a script for something like Akira and actually tell a story that makes sense, it might be even better mm. because it just doesn't make sense to me as a story, you know? It sort of self-deletes. But this is the thing about Asian stuff. So Squid Game... I actually think for a Korean drama, because I have a lot of, I've seen quite a range of K-dramas now. And to me, it's usually quite infantile, the the message behind it. And I think this one was quite good in the fact that it had depth to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very rounded. The characters are well portrayed. In fact, the lead in it, the main guy in it, kind of reminds me of Gary Oldman. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a weird Gary Oldman energy to him. Yeah. Like if you've ever seen Gary Oldman before he played Winston Churchill, uh, back in the day when he was like iconic in stuff like Leon mm. and uh, The Fifth Element, yeah, when he had hyper energy and stuff like this, he was very akin to that without the villainy elements because <laughs> Gary Oldman does a really good bad guy. Yeah, he does. You know, um, so... Lots of cool stuff. I'll tell you one thing uh, going back to it. Zombieland 2. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He's evergreen, man. Yeah. He's that so dude. watchable. <laughs> but it's also like he is so unaged. Mm. It's like he's still got all this energy. He mm-hmm. can really play anything he wants. It's it's his, what a what a dude he is. Because mm. I remember growing up with him in Cheers. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, he was a kid. <laughs> But he's um he's impressive, man. Like mm. he always blows my mind, that dude. He's uh I I'm looking forward to Venom. Venom uh two. Because mm. he's Carnage in it. And I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm not sure if that's out. I I've literally one of these things in the pandemic is like I've just switched off to if the cinema's on or not. And yeah. I know it's on. Yeah. I, I know there's them around, but I just don't see myself going to one. Mm. Um we'll I'm watch not sure it eventually. Why. Yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? I think We've got so used to stuff streaming, yeah. That uh, like a lot of people's homes now are basically cinemas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's almost like none of us knew when this was going to end. Essentially, so yeah. it's like, oh, we'll just make our uh, living room a, a cinema. Mm-hmm. You know? Everyone's making home improvements. Yeah, it's just nice to just stay home now. <laughs> and it's like high def and stuff like this is yeah. really challenging. The the idea of it, but. You know, you miss going. I especially miss the fact that we we missed Black Widow. I think I've seen every Marvel film to date at the cinema. Right. And it's kind of like, um, I think part of it's because I recognize it's an important time in cinema. 
like once this is all done, once the bubble bursts on this stuff, we're not going to have an era like it uh, for a while, you know? And so for me, it's kind of like see as much as you can of this stuff while you got it. Yeah. Um, but obviously then Disney pulls out the Disney Plus channel and you can watch it <laughs> at a <Anywhere>. cost, you <laughs> know? But um, yeah, man, like that's something I want to see. I'm really excited by Batman. I've said it before, I think, but the Batman trailer, Rock Pattinson, it looks ridiculously mm. good. I mean, the, the teaser trailer really was good. But then this one lets you see more of the footage and it looks insane. And well, there's if, a whole list that, of things we want to watch. Well, I'm, I'm putting this out there. If Colin Farrell doesn't win an Oscar for his portrait of the Penguin, I, I'll be flabbergasted. Like, I don't know if people listening have seen the prosthetics and stuff, but you can't tell it's Colin Farrell for a start. Okay. He just doesn't look like the same human. Mm. It's It's so well done. And I'm really excited to see him in that because... You know, there's the whole thing with the Joker has been, <laughs> dare I say, it, an easy Oscar, you know, because <laughs> a lot of people who've played him, God bless my mate Heath, who's who's up there smiling. But when you play that character, it's you go all out in it. Mm. And when people have done it, it's an Oscar win, you know, a nomination at least. right? Yeah. But the Penguin's one of these characters that has never had that kind of prestige thrown at him sure probably because it's a penguin <laughs> who cares about a penguin but um it's not a scare this is one thing about the batman mythos that always blows my mind nothing in it sounds scary the you know penguin. it's like he's a batman like so you know he's a yeah. man man bat batman man bat and then his partner's robin which last time i saw <laughs> was a cute little bird robin. that come out in uh autumn and spring you know and then the penguin. These aren't fearful things, are they? Mm. The Joker, someone's telling jokes all the time. You know? <laughs> Catwoman. That's a lot of Japanese guys' fantasy right there. Oh you know? <laughs> You've got a butler called Alfred, who's a ninja, apparently. He's, mm. he's uh, old, like, geriatric ninja called Alfred is your butler. Mm. Uh, he's basically James Bond retired. I'm pretty sure of that. That'd be a coup, wouldn't it, if you link those two universes? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, there's nothing truly scary until you get to the, you know, relatively new stuff, Killer Croc, Scarecrow and all that stuff. But man, you know, it's always good. It's a really cool thing, especially Halloween. I think Halloween, which is coming up, we're going to miss it on the podcast. So happy Halloween, everyone, uh, <laughs> Sunday. But um, it's it's one of these things that it's perfect for Halloween. Mm. Batman. There's this old video game series, the Arkham series. Yeah. And um, I actually played one of the first ones at Halloween, and it was so perfect for it. Mm. Just, you know, it's kind of what British kids do, walk around asylums late at night, <laughs> abandoned ones, reading all the files that they still have there. It's, it just, it was so nostalgic as a game for me. Uh, yeah. Beating up all these huge massive guards and criminals and so, yeah that's, that's what we did okay yeah we didn't do trick or treat and that's an american thing we got a beast in a whole different way <laughs> yeah when's that gonna be uh something that people because halloween right in america mm. and just for the british audience and the european audience where halloween's not really a big deal it's it's a deal but it's not a big deal right we are more somber i think growing up here i'll give you the breakdown growing up here it was really cold 
like 31st of October, mm. as it stands, is when it starts getting stupid cold, yeah. right? We become Iceland or something. <laughs> and what we used to do was go out, rent a bunch of horror films, even as kids, mm. to a certification. We didn't break the law. <laughs> But okay. sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we did if we had a friend that looked 35 and everyone's got one of them friends <laughs> old before their time. How good. Um, and basically, um, we'd sort of do a t- all night pie mm. if it fell on the weekend, you know, and it would be up all night watching stuff, maybe play a few games or whatever, board games. Or there was a really cool board game, actually, I've just thought about this called Atmosphere. Mm. which was you had a VHS video and you put that on and then you'd play the game in real time with a guy on a video hosting it. And he was, he was like the gatekeeper and it was kind of shock horror and stuff like this. Jump scares. It is kind of creepy. It was kind of like trivial pursuit with a time limit. So you had to do all of these things that he told you had to do and everything was timed and then he'd jump back in. And if you hadn't done it by the time the clock ran down or whatever, you were screwed. So it was a very interesting concept, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> this is like a DVD game now or a video mm. game partially or something like that you'd stream off a computer. But it, it was similar to that. It was an attempt to be interactive. And I remember us doing that in the sequel to it. There was like box sets. Mm. So you could get a new character and whatever. And I remember one Halloween as kids, we were doing that stuff. But then Trick or Treating came into this country probably when I was around 13, something like that. Mm. Um, But I think going back to America, which has had these traditions forever, essentially, I think that you should get into um, the business of healthy alternative snacks because it's all candy, right? Yeah. So it wouldn't be a really good market to test to do healthy alternatives. Mm. It wouldn't be successful. (laughs) I'm just going to put it out there. Um, or handing out fruit to children (laughs) well I don't know like could Mars or um, any of the big like M&M's or something could they do I don't know like a lower sugar thing that wouldn't that'd kill a point wouldn't it Mm. like if you went around and you got trail mix (laughs) throwing at you Mm, have some peanuts (laughs) and some stuff Mm. and some pretzels kid I mean you know it's one of these things though it's I'm kind of nervous because it's the first time we've been here in a forest and there's a lot of creatures around here. And I'm, I'm wondering, is it going to be a big thing in our area? Because I've never been in a sort of suburban environment before. Yeah. I'm <laughs> literally from the hills, you know. Um, yeah. I don't understand candy corn. I think it's gross. I like it. What? Yeah. Why? Because it's synthetically trying to be something that's not particularly it's sweet so gross look it's really interesting there was stuff. this uh there was this twitter thread that i came across and it was someone who had found a bag of candy corn but it was in the flavors of thanksgiving dinner now that's weird and so she was like uh whoever this person was was reviewing each flavor and basically it goes from gross to even grosser <laughs> that's kind of like what kids were doing jelly beans oh uh, because oh, yeah, jelly, jelly beans have some seriously controversial flavors. Yeah. Um, my nieces were playing like jelly bean roulette or yeah. something. Like and, there's and the it's dark. <laughs> it gets really colors, dark. Colors like two of the same color jelly bean, of which one is nice and one is horrible. Yeah, but like, <laughs> uh, 
you know, this stuff we were hearing was pretty, pretty I out there. I would not bad. do that. Like one was bar, yeah, for like, example. Why? That's not good. Why? That's not good. But um, the candy corn thing, his thing, right? So it wouldn't affect you too much because I know you're born in LA essentially, but you've you've been siphoned from your Americana because you've been basically a world traveler since you were a kid. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you tour with bands as a child. (laughs) You're a a band baby and everywhere she was. Mm -hmm. Um, For us here, like for example, if you were a big American novel fan, I was um, like Stephen King, things like this. Right. You hear a lot of kind of Americana that doesn't relate to the UK. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I think my mom had a generation above me was this obsession with Taco Bell because she'd read about it, but it didn't apply to anything we have in our culture, mm. right? Then there's a few popped up here since I wrote and complained that we don't have them. Um, but with sort of milk duds and things like this that every American listens to right now totally takes for granted, when you're English, you go to the US and the confectionery you have which is like corporate confectionery. There's so many choices. If you go to the cinema here classically, mm-hmm. you get like either popcorn. Everyone's got that, right? We all have popcorn. Yeah. Uh, ours was always savory as a default, which is weird in itself. And then we add sugar, come into it kind of recently mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. Uh, butter, I think, is in a few places now. So we're fully Americanized. Well done us. But um, before, the options were really limited. You'd literally have popcorn or nuts and bolts. It should break your teeth on because they're made out of metal. Nuts and bolts. Roasted chestnuts, you know, um, some kind of medieval pigskin snack. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm lying. Uh, We we had stuff, but it wasn't far removed from everyday stuff. Mm. Whereas in the USA, you got like, you know, red vines. You got like milk duds. Lots more than this. So I'm just remembering three. Um, <laughs> loads of stuff. Burkiss, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And candy corn is also a thing. Mm-hmm. So when you read about it as a kid or see it in pretty much every TV show that we were getting from the USA, which is all of them, because mm-hmm. our TV uh, shows were benign for kids. I mean, we had some good kids shows, but the rest of it was murder mysteries mm. with old people solving murders, which no kid wants to watch you know it wasn't very fun there's no deeply fun stuff that came kind of late 90s but when you're growing up here it was all american yeah the excitement stuff yeah and i remember the first time i went to florida which is the first time i'd gone to the usa it was just like everything was such an appeal like i remember going to um it's gonna sound so nuts to an american but you go to like kmart Mm. which is the equivalent here uh, classically to something like Woolworths or before anyone remembers what Woolworths is, it's kind of like Poundland, you know? <laughs> but Kmart is kind of like, it's almost like, you know how we get in Tesco's here? You get the clothing section and you get in the hyper ones, the massive Tesco's. Yeah, yeah. So there'll be a section of clothing mm-hmm. and then there's electronics and stuff like that. Well, Kmart's that, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like a... I think they sell some cereals and a, a few groceries. It's kind of like Target in the yeah, USA. Target. When you're in America, the Kmart's are partnered with a pizza place called Little Caesars. Mm. And Little Caesars isn't everywhere in America. I think there was one in California still, uh, one in LA for sure. It was up by 7-Eleven. I forget the roads. 
But um, I, I know there was one for sure in Hollywood. But in Florida, this stuff was mind blowing for the for the staff. It one slice of a pizza there, the big pizzas, the extra large ones, mm. was the same as like our large here. Yeah. And these kind of things as a kid is like insane. You know, it's it it, it it's like where fact and fiction all align. And it's one thing that you constantly think of. I think if you've never been to the USA as a British audience, as a spectator to America, but you've never fully been there mm. or experienced it. It's one of these weird things you see in film where if an American's watching a British show, right, a modern one, not like Pride and Prejudice and something like this, but a modern British show, like Spaced, a lot of it seems kind of exotic. Mm-hmm. Like how we go to a news agents to get our morning paper or something like this. It seems odd, but similar you know yeah but for us everything is iconic in america Mm. so you kind of go there and i remember um florida was just a series of like wow Mm. like we'd have cereal in the morning and it was like honey nut loops yeah (laughs) and at that time we didn't really have that here and then you just think you're in honey i shrink the kids and Mm. you you just think of the scene where he dips a spoon in and lifts his kids up and you're like don't eat your kid (laughs) okay because they're shrunk down and blah 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 and for me, it was like a stuck my spoon in, lifted up, and there was ants everywhere because we had an oh, ant infestation no. in in our place in Kissimmee. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that was interesting. Gross. But it's um, and it's like we were talking once about the Chinese takeaway boxes. Everything's mm-hmm. different, yeah, and iconic, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yellow school buses and oh yeah, like that. Yeah, that wasn't so intense for me. Mm. I think it was more just. A lot of um, living what you read about or seen on TV was uh, the school buses. I don't. I don't think I really saw that until I was in California. Yeah, I think it was off season two. We were there for a school holiday, so we wouldn't have seen them. I have one memory of a similar experience, but with the UK, because obviously I was studying in Hong Kong, and I think in a few of the kids' books I was reading, it, it had a reference to conquers. And I had no idea what conquerors were. Well, there's been a few in history. You had William. He was <laughs> no, a, not conquerors. He was one. So anyway. oh, oh, you mean the, the thing that grows off a tree and falls? Yeah. So the you know in the stories, these kids would play these games of like knocking conquerors together and you know the hardest one wins and the other one breaks or whatever. That's pretty much true to how we have death matches. <laughs> like a the silly toughest, kids game the toughest kid wins and everyone <laughs> breaks it's a rule yeah so when i came here and i actually like found these they're basically chestnuts like horse chestnuts right um yeah they're poisonous yeah so you can't eat them unless you're a squirrel but i found all of these things on the ground like what are these <gasps> these are conquerors i suddenly realized what they were so just to explain this to the folks uh who have no idea what we're talking about there's a game that kids play that kids played here when you know they didn't have anything but nature for toys. Um, it's an arcane thing. Basically, it's more of a countryside thing. And actually, in my life, it was a thing, I think, I, around 10 years old, it was the first sort of explored by me. I'd never seen this stuff mm. until I was 10. And what, what, what it was, was you in these country lanes here, and a lot of these things fall, and they're in like a husk. Yeah. That's really spiky. It looks like sea urchin, right? Yeah. But it's kind of 
the plant version of that. It's mm. not quite as spiny, but it's that kind of a thing. And when it breaks, the conch is in the center of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a seed, essentially. Right. And so what we do is we, we bore a hole in it and we uh, stick string on it. Mm. And then one person has his and the other person has hers because it's usually a his and a her thing. It's not. <laughs> it it's anyone. <laughs> and you whack each other's thing. Yeah. And if one breaks, then... You win. You Yeah. You, the one that doesn't that broke it yeah. wins. It's like cockfighting with conkers. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that wasn't a real unilateral thing we did. I just read it in books, so but, it was a reality but for the, me. But the interesting thing is, because as I remember that, mm. I recall it's kind of an autumn thing. It is, it's, it is. It's at the fall when, you know, all the leaves here turn, and it's one of the best times to come to the UK. It is currently conquer season. Every time I walk past our library, I see the conquerors, and I have to collect a couple you see, that's the difference between us. Because mm-hmm. every time we walk past the library, I, it's my standard. I always walk past libraries. <laughs> no matter what season it is. Um, but basically, the memory I have now, looking back at it, because I'm from the countryside. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of these, like, it's, it's, it's weird things. In the UK, our countryside is kind of like, um, it's a weird kind of upmarket world. It's it's not entitlement, but everyone that usually lives in the countryside in modern times is quite to do. They have a fair bit well of cash. Do, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's complete. You know how I think we've alluded to this or said something about this in the past, but country in America is this whole culture. Mm. It's the whole Nashville country songs. You know, you got your country kind of life. You got your nascar racing which happens quite a lot in the uh southern states you've got the southern states you know which is huge uh influential in all of these cultures but it's also you got the hunting thing yeah you've got your prairies you've got your incredible places um like minnesota and all the national parks in texas the desert and all this stuff country in america is several different clusters of life and lifestyles Mm -hmm. and everyone in the world just refers to it as hillbilly or redneck, mm. which is a serious missed opportunity. Or a country bumpkin kind of yeah, concept. Yeah, but it's it, it it's almost um, on par with flamenco or something in in my eyes because this is the real culture of the place you're in. Mm. You know, when you go to the cities, it's diluted, it's multicultural, it's it's not really America anymore. It's like, oh, I'm Nigel and I'm Italian, Mexican, Cambodian, Spanish. But if you're in the southern states, everyone's yeah. really proud. The sense of identity is right, very strong. To be, I'm Alabama, I'm yeah. Texan, I'm this, I'm that. Absolutely. Oklahoma and all this stuff. And the culture is is rich. Mm-hmm. And it's such a massive place that that culture is, is like so different in ethnic. Like think about all of the north dakota mm. where it's cold as hell or yeah. the border towns through canada you know even illinois is considered mostly country there's prairie and farmlands there right yeah and so you think about that and just the scale of how big it's such an easy thing to just dilute and say well they're all rednecks they're not man there's that's the beauty of america that's where the real is that's the the people of it mm. i can't say the same for england i really can't okay because in england uh, and I won't cover Scotland and Wales because they're special. Scotland has highlands. Yeah. The Welsh have the mountains. They also have the Lake District and mm. they have, you know, subcultures, the coastlines. Uh, we here in England, the country is where city folk go after they've made a ton of money. 
Mm. Want an easier life. Yeah. Or country house. You're raised in it. And then there is a community sense. Yeah. And a lot of us that were kids in villages that we're not the kind of rich to do people. We're the ones that have no curriculum um, because we're in such a small place. You know how America has towns where it's like uh, there's only 36 people in this town Mm. and there's this welcome to like um, cactus land or something. Yeah, population. Population 34 last time (laughs) we checked. Well, here I'll give you, you know, my village hall where I'm from, which is famous for being where uh, Eric Idle He's one of the Monty Python, as I forgot to mention when I was mentioning the Monty Python lads. Mm. He, I think it was his grandmother or something, is from my village. Right. So that's why we're all crazy and silly mm. and walk in weird ways and write funny songs and stuff. <laughs> okay. um, it's kind of in the air. Um, but my area, we were raised as kids in this village, of which there was seven in my year at school. So seven kids. Seven kids entirely. And the whole school is like 40. Something like that. That's a tiny school. And this is this is infant and junior. You know how in the US and Hong Kong and other places you have a middle school? Mm. We we didn't have we we did both. <laughs> so it was like infant, junior, then you go to high school and do five years. So if you went to middle school, you'd only do three years of high school. So oh, on your second that. and second year of high school, a lot of new people would start because they'd just come in from middle school. Which is why, you know how everyone does the whole grade two, grade five, when I was in grade eight, yeah, you know, I had my first uh, experience with a tiger, you know, stuff like that. That doesn't mean anything to me because my whole school system was so bizarre. Mm. Right? It's really rare. My, my school was like going to uh, a village school, probably pre-World War II is what it felt because there was no curriculum. There was barely food. We got all the food. <laughs> barely food. All of the food we had in the canteen, the hot food, which we had to pay for. You put up like it was like one pound fifty in this little paper pouch. Yeah. And it had dates stamped on it. And you'd hand that to the dinner lady and it'd be your access to having lunch every day for one pound fifty, which is insane to me now. Mm. You can't even get a burger from McDonald's for that, really, you know? Uh you could, ninety nine P. Yeah. <laughs> Scarcely. Yeah. But we we would have all the catering come down from Henley High. It's what they didn't want. So right. we would get the leftovers. Down yeah. Food. Yeah. Lunches. <laughs> it's, oh, it's crazy. And so it was sort of this era where I discovered for the first time the, the country life of Conkers. Mm-hmm. Because, and I just want everyone to hear this, um, you know, I grew up idolizing America. I think a lot of my friends did too. Mostly because, um, you know, all of our fiction, all of our think pieces were coming from there. So we weren't thinking Shakespearean or we weren't thinking of anything that was primarily English when we were kids. We were thinking of all of the wonder that is America, all Mm -hmm. those Superman films and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. The films in, in that era were iconic. And so when country hit when I was 10, when I really appreciated it, Mm. we had a kind of heat wave. And it was coming into autumn on a heat wave where things are still really warm and the days are still pretty long. And it was almost like, you know, when you go to a gallery and you see one of those pictures of everyone frolicking in the in the woods and okay. you got the 
the guy with the loop playing and there's, yeah. there's some for some reason pixies in the corner and you know midsummer night's th- dream that kind of a thing <laughs> right but there was a lot of that in the renaissance period where mm. people were just in the country yeah doing lots of banquets eating whole pigs and stuff yeah, like yeah, this yeah, yeah. and all of that didn't mean anything we'd gone to stately homes and stuff on school trips and stuff like this like castles and things and none of that meant anything to you until that year where i was like this is what i'm living mm. because people are out in the we, we've got this landscape here because of the greenbelt laws we have this law that protects farmland and, and and wildlife for a certain set of miles before you can build a town or a city mm. so we have some backdrops in the uk which is just it feels like an infinite hill or like these fields that go on forever and ever and ever and one year i think it was the year of this year when when conquers and conquering and everyone was doing all this outside stuff because the weather was so good yeah we just decided to run to see if these areas had an end and you just go through <laughs> and you hedge hop and you jump into like you all these lands. Ran? Yeah, we just, Let's just go we found, straight. <laughs> we found a clearing in the back of the school. Oh my gosh. Where there was a bush and it was like a Friday. Where does this road go? It wasn't even a road. It was like You're literally through a farmland? bush to a field. <laughs> And I just remember me and a few of my friends, we finished school on the Friday and we just thought, let's just see what's there. And we just ran through all the forest, mm. <laughs> the fields and you come out to these little cusp forests. Yeah. And then you discover that someone else has been there and have created this like tire rope swing and stuff like this. It was just secret world after secret world. And then eventually you're lost. <laughs> and you're like, uh, this is a time before <laughs> GPS. And you're kind of like, wow, man, the sun goes down real fast when it when it when when, when you're lost. <laughs> yeah. So but eventually we found a way back. But there was all of these memories, and this is where it, it it's iconic to you when you grow up years later. When you are in the countryside of the USA, everything's dangerous. It, it's really foreboding. Mm. There's a lot of things that can kill you, and <laughs> there's a lot of things that are killed by you. You know, because you're armed to the teeth usually and you can take on a bear if you really had to, Mm -hmm. right? We have nothing like that here except for this wild kind of endless farmland, you know? Um, We don't have anything that scares you particularly. The only thing that does is lost, getting lost or the feeling of getting lost or being stuck in a thorn bush, which I've been suspended mm. in front of a field of stinging nettles which isn't a good no, idea i think the scariest nettles. thing in autumn was uh wasps and bees uh, that we have yeah we're fortunate yeah but um yeah man it's it's that kind of picture so the conkers and stuff like this come from that almost um renaissance english mm-hmm. picture that you see mm-hmm. you know? it's funny isn't it like and going back to candy corn, which is really the point that I was making uh, a million, <laughs> million hours ago. Um, I thought it was interesting because it wasn't what I thought. When I first tried it, it's kind of like, a, as far as I can tell, a synthetic version of popcorn. Like it's trying to taste like popcorn with maybe butter or something on it. You know? Right, and but it's shaped like corn. It's shaped kind of oddly. Yeah, it's, it's like shaped, a cone. It's, yeah, it's shaped like a tooth, I always thought. Yeah. Like a tooth and then the red bit's like an orangey red gum. You I, know? I think it's supposed to be like a corn... Um, yeah, like um, a kernel. What do you call it? Kernel, that's it. But in a cone <laughs> shape, I don't know. 
the actual thing itself, I always thought were right. They kind of remind me of what we have here, which is milk bottles. Milk bottles. Yeah, we have like, <laughs> this is not going to mean anything to anyone English either. <laughs> okay, so in my folks' generation, not mine, <laughs> so my parents' generation, and they are, you know, post-World War II kids. Wind back the time. Uh, there used to be a thing probably inherited from the 1960s of the USA where they had milk stands in their school mm. so it's kind of like you'd go and get fresh milk yeah we also got bottle delivery and it was all glass yeah, and yeah, so yeah. when confectionery was developed they created this kind of milk flavored soft gummy thing oh. in that probably in that period of time so we had that and we had weirdly these like similar things that were shaped exactly like a shrimp, like a prawn, like mm -hmm. a king prawn with its head and everything in this kind of gummy sort of semicircle, like it was bent over mm. and it didn't taste like shrimp, thank God, but it was something <laughs> that you could get. And more recently, you've seen this if you know Haribo. There's a lot of people here yeah, that are Haribo. very familiar with Haribo, but you know the Coca-Cola bottles. Yeah. Have. Imagine that, but milk and just solid white. I think they might have them in Haribo in the UK, actually, mm. the milk bottles. I'm not sure. Your description of milk bottles reminds me of the Chinese uh, rabbit candy. Yeah, yeah but it's not because they're quite solid. No. So Cantonese, Cantonese, the candies you're talking yeah. about, they're in a kind of rice paper wrapping. Yes, but then they become really soft. Yeah, it's not the same. Okay. If you... If you um, <laughs> we're having a confectionery discussion <laughs> if you know anything about um yeah i think in america they have like a milkshake one but it's 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 kind of like more like haribo more like a gummy it is a gummy mm -hmm. yeah i gotcha it's not hard but yeah like the confection is a strange thing so caramel corn to me was like a hybrid of that mm. kind of a thing okay well each to his own I'm not going to be having any. <laughs> well, it's also weird, just a final point this, but when you grow up, you can actually see the influences clearly that this nation's had on the USA, and it becomes ironic. It's almost the things that you most loved as a kid that you thought were exclusively American are actually things American took from us mm. in, in a weird context, you know? But um, there you go. Full, well, we full each circle. influence each other just like... Uh, Asian cinema. <laughs> well, I think I think this is one thing that I was. You know, I think it's just generally curious when you get older. You, you appreciate this, especially when you travel a lot, and that is just the fact that everything in the world's interrupted and cross-cultured. Mm. But what's really important to me about the U.S.-U.K. connection, which is becoming quite polarized in recent time because of this kind of pressure we're having against you know Asia and and. Us and them. Russia and yeah. all of these things that are really hot topics. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting is the amount of percentage of, especially East Coast of the USA, which is probably British anyway, you know? Mm. Like it's three or four generations removed, but we all have a similar sensibility. And I feel like it would be just a grand thing if we could just, on both sides legitimately think that you know we're one and the same really i think this is why asia kind of adopts everyone as just the west <laughs> you know you're just from the west mm. you know 
yeah, I just I think it's funny when you when you live long enough and you you've traveled a lot of places in the USA to see what is uniquely similar, uh, what we have in common. So on the can corn curry candy curry candy curry <laughs> candy corn gross. I don't know, curry popcorn could be really good. Mm. That could be a thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Curry powder on popcorn? Not even curry powder, just curry popcorn. I don't know curry. how that works, mm. but you can do it, I'm sure. There's, there's science and stuff. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat, buddy. What, 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 why is it a question? Because if you don't give me candy, then I will trick you. Yes, but... It's a, it's a threat. No, I, I, I understand the law of it better than you do. I watched that Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. <laughs> okay. But the trick or treat question is like, because trick can be, you know, they do this amazing magic thing. No. Like, like David Blaine. This is not a traveling circus. Like when David Blaine went trick or treating, he would do the most amazing tricks, mm. right? But, you know, it, it's really just or treat. It's just treat, really. It's just give me stuff. <laughs> I think there are some, uh, shall I say, naughty squirrels around the place because uh, the police have said that um, people, uh, squirrels, under the age of 15 cannot buy eggs or flour at this in this period of time. I think there might be some tricks. You're, that... you're alluding to the children of the UK. <laughs> whose favorite trick is to bomb your house with eggs and flour and mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a thing that I, I think is lost in the trick or treat element because frankly speaking, it feels like a trick shouldn't be something destructive to property mm. as much as it should be up to the individual to do something like, you know how it should be a performance. Well, yeah, it should be. It should be like, you know, I can fold a paper and make you an origami polar bear or something. Ta-da. Like, this is what I do at parties. This is this is why I'm known. Like, <laughs> this is my impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. You know, this is, you know, that's a trick, right? Or, um, yeah, it, but, yeah, it's weird. Like, that doesn't happen in the USA. Everything's kind of cute. I think it does, but they like to use toilet rolls. No, the, the, the whole that kind of culture thing is... Um, more house parties and mm. general nonsense. I mean, of course it must, but we are really yobbish here. <laughs> I remember the the thing kids love to do here was throw firecrackers into people's houses. Mm. Not the not the Chinese ones that <laughs> literally sound like an artillery going yeah. off, but like the paper ones that the, you throw the, and they the, just the pop. The pop ones. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, the, the pathetic rubbish ones. <laughs> but the thing is, um, because it was such a new culture here, really I was literally 13 when we first even did it. it was the first year i can recall it ever happening in my village in the area i'm from in fact it didn't happen in my village we had to go to the village over because there was not enough kids <laughs> in my village so the biggest village in the uk which is a place called studley um which is also the name of and where i went to high school that was where we went mm. and and literally like it was just old people mm. so these people were thrown Little explosives at old people's oh, feet. No. So you probably have like 24 <laughs> cases of people being rushed into hospital. And this is where it gets bad press. Yeah. Because we're mental here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no... Tricks go too far. There's no sense to it. <laughs> you know? It's like... There's no filter. It's bizarre, man. You know? 
<laughs> but I, I also think this year especially, just to consider we're in a pandemic mm. with trick-or-treating. <laughs> so, uh, you know, isn't that going to be a bit of a buzzkill? Because you're getting candy from strangers. Ironically, <gasps> it's the one day in a year that you're meant to, <laughs> which is quite funny. So you're getting candy from strangers, which is never a good idea, folks. Mm. Your parents always warn you about this. But apparently today you can because you're disguised as whatever you are. And yet, who knows if they've got COVID? So you're getting a mixture of something that's been in their house for God knows how long. Because how, how early do you shop for these things? What's, <laughs> the, what's the proper etiquette here? And also, you might have it. So isn't it a bad year to do it? Mm-hmm. I like how the British government, by the way, have siphoned off Halloween in favor for Christmas. Yeah. They're almost like skipping it entirely. Yeah. It's like most places are like, here's a pumpkin. <laughs> it's on a haystack. That There you go. That's Halloween. We've acknowledged yeah. it. But a majority of it is Christmas already, I which is crazy. The earliest uh, sign of Christmas we saw was on the 1st of September. Yeah. Well, they I were was, selling mince pies. Yeah, which it's a whole thing yeah. in English culture. Um, and they're playing Christmas music already. They they are now starting to play Christmas music. And we, it's, it's super weird. Three months weird. of Christmas, guys, I guess. Like, I always <laughs> remember being there in America for Thanksgiving and hearing Christmas then felt a bit early. Mm. You kind of understand it when it's done. Yeah. Because America's... Well, you're in November. Well, especially California. I can't speak for the whole of America, but when you're in California, everyone works a bit like Hollywood. Mm. So, you know, here's the set for the the latest seasonal thing. So it's Valentine's Day. Bring out the Valentine's Day set. Yeah. And as soon as it's over, it's mad rush. Yep. The props are changed. <laughs> and it's the next holiday. And it seems to happen every month, right? Yep. Christmas being the biggest. But, uh, yeah, weird. So anyway... Have a happy Halloween. And if you do have anyone out there that's trick-or-treating and you don't want to partake in it, or if you've got kids and you're now extremely worried what I've said about the <laughs> pandemic, it is out there, folks. Um, no one's done that movie. No one's done a movie where the zombie outbreak happens on because Halloween. Of Halloween. Yeah, because oh. of trick-or-treating. Like some mad scientist injects a load of these milk bottles or candy corn with the zombie virus and all the kids <gasps> that's the beginning of it there's a picture there you right go there. that's that's literally how the walking dead started no one's ever explained it i don't know if it has been on the <laughs> what is it on the 28th episode uh, series i don't know the final series is the uh, 15th series i don't know what is but uh that's the real truth that's what happened um so anyway be safe don't want to scare all of you enjoy it and also respect the people that you're knocking on the doors to because you don't know you don't know their situation but anyway, we'll be back in two weeks. I'm really loving the studio. I, do you know what I like about the studio? What? I get to hear myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You're going to clear audio. It is a through. treat. It's quite nice. You get used to it and you don't want it to end. I might have to live in here from here <laughs> on out. We'll be back in two weeks, folks. Be kind to each other. Take care and enjoy Halloween. <laughs>